0: As we hear from God's scripture, let us approach God with our prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Gracious God, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for this heavenly food that it may nourish us today in the ways of eternal life. Through Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Exodus in the 16th chapter with select verses from between verse 2 and verse 15. Listen now to what the Spirit is saying to the people. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died at the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. And then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. He has heard your cry. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. And the Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them... At twilight, you shall eat meats. And in the morning, you shall have your fill of bread, and then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. And in the evenings, quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew all around the camp. And when the layer of dew lifted, there was on the surface of the wilderness a fine Flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. And when the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes and open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. And protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. On Sundays through the month of November until Thanksgiving, we will be engaged in a sermon series about food and faith. We began last week engaging food in the ways that it connects us across generations of people beloved to us and generations of the saints in the church The next two Sundays will bring conversations about food and faith as they relate to gratitude and what it means to be a people who welcome. Today, though, I want to zoom in close on the ways that food reveals how we trust and depend on God as well as how we trust and depend on one another in community To get started, I want to begin with a story. A few years ago, I was out to dinner with a friend of mine named Chris. Chris is the co-publisher of Edible Magazine in Louisville, Kentucky. So he was immersed in the food and farm culture, the agrarian culture, the culinary culture of that city and the entire region, really. And we were out to dinner at one of my favorite restaurants. It was called the Holy Grail. It was in an old church. I loved it. And the Holy Grail focused its menu on seasonal dishes, on local ingredients, and craft beer. What's not to love? We were eating out on their terrace, and then we saw this man rolling coolers, large coolers, in through the terrace and out to a house out back of the restaurant. One of the chefs was with this man, and he was opening up the coolers and was pulling out packages of meat, large packages and they were moving them, it turns out, into the cold storage part of the restaurant. Now, at Chris's urging, because Chris was far more of an extrovert than I was, we decided to go over and say hi, and the man, it turned out, to be a local cattle farmer just outside of the city. Now, after Chris struck up a conversation with this farmer and the chef who he knew well, who I had met before, we learned exactly where this meat had come from. This was beef that came from land we knew, from a landscape familiar to us, and now by the hands of someone that we knew from that place. We decided to eat burgers that night, and we ate burgers. Not just because they were great; they were they were one of the best burgers in Louisville, still are, I imagine. But we ate burgers because we now had a relationship to the source of the food that we were about to eat. It had not just come from the kitchen to the table. This food had come from fields in a place that we knew where that where was planted to grow food to go to a kitchen, and then from that kitchen to a table prepared by chefs, one of whom Chris knew well. It was in this moment that I had a realization, a big realization about food and my relationship to it. See, in a world where we depend on people and companies and farmers and grocers to bring good food to places where we can access it, I had never actually sat in a restaurant knowing where my food had come from. And I'm not sure I have since. But in all of my life, I realized that I depend... On other people and put my trust in them for the food that I eat even though I don't know them or their company. And it turns out there is a real intimacy in knowing where our food comes from that can make an extraordinary difference in the meals that we eat. Now, not long after this experience, my wife had become the pastor of Ebenezer Presbyterian Church in Greensburg, Kentucky. It was outside the city, and Greensburg is a farm community, and most of the members of her church were farmers or somehow related to the farm industry, cattle and soybeans mostly. I always longed to ride on the combine during harvest, but I was never afforded that privilege. Just an aside. But you see, it was not unusual for church members of this congregation to send Emma home with a package of beef. And we would make this beef knowing the fields where the cows were raised and the people who raised them. We would know, we also knew that these were the same people who were bringing beef to Harvest, bringing it to, to grocery stores, bringing it to places where we, people of the public, would depend on for the food that we eat every day. There was this intimacy that came from knowing where our food came from that made a difference in the way we saw our food and the way we prepared it and the way we ate it. It was a communion of sorts. You see, food requires a a connection and it requires community in how it comes from a farm through all the different hands and channels that it goes through to land at our tables. It is an intimacy that people of faith can recognize when we consider the way scriptures speak of food being at the heart of a relationship with God. The story of God providing manna in the wilderness, in the desert, is one of these scriptures. The Israelites are wandering. They're hungry, thirsty, discouraged, anxious, frustrated, and they cry out, and God listens, and God responds. And in the desert, these Israelites, these people of God, do not have the ability to be self-sufficient. They must rely on God, and they must rely on one another, and it's not for lack of trying to be self-sufficient. You see, these people try to accomplish all they want, all they desire without any reliance on God, and they end up hungry, worn out, depleted. They begin to remember a time in the past, a time when they were enslaved in Egypt and they had all the food that they could eat. It may not have been the food they wanted. It may not have been good food, but it was food that filled the belly. They had to work hard, manual labor to get it. They had no freedom as slaves, but they could depend on some kind of food at the end of the day, meager though it might have been. They remembered a time when they could depend on being fed but that was a time when they required on a de- required, it required their dependence on a system that oppressed them and diminished their very humanity. And so now in the wilderness they cry out, and God hears their cries, and God provides bread and meat to feed and sustain the people. God calls on the people to move their trust away from this system that was destructive and toxic, both to their lives as individuals and their lives as the people of God, and to discover a faithful dependence on God that affirms, that cultivates life and well-being. So in this moment, we might say God is giving the Israelites a new menu to choose off of, a menu of manna, a menu of sustenance. And so God gives them bread in the morning and meat in the evening. And on the day before the Sabbath, they're given enough food for two days so that they may rest on the Sabbath. And we learn here that God cares for two necessary parts of our lives. We learn that God cares for the physical well-being with bread and meat, and God also cares for the spirit, for their spiritual well-being by offering rest, by offering room for a Sabbath. Of this moment in Scripture, Rabbi, teacher, Shai held, writes that the people are taught a new way of being, a new way of receiving. And this new way is a faithful reliance on God, and it is also a faithful reliance on one another, on their neighbor. You see, too often the world we live in offers dependence on ways of life that are healthy and could even be destructive for ourselves or for others. And I don't think we need to spend much time naming these. I know you can name many of them for yourselves. We could do that so easily because food systems and food security can be examples that are both positive in the world and also negative, depending on how we live them. There are ways that we can live in exile from a healthy relationship with our food. And when I experienced eating beef from farmers and land that I knew and was familiar with, I learned a lot that I did not know about the food that I eat, and strangely, I learned a lot about the way I saw the world. It made me realize that my relationship to food and really our collective relationship to food systems are not always healthy. And the ways this can manifest can start from personal health issues like like obesity and anorexia, to environmental issues of land and water use, to unequal access to distribution of food, to food in school systems, to food waste, to nutritional education, and on and on and on. The desire for quick, easy, and convenient food can create systems that privilege access and accessibility to food that has less nutritional value over whole food that is unprocessed. These food systems can make access to better food choices harder or more expensive. It can make distribution of food uneven. And significant amounts of food can go to waste when it could otherwise be put into places where it could be both nutritious, delicious, and in community on tables. And again and again, there are people who write and teach about these issues from Barbara King Solver to, to John Gallagher here in Detroit, to Michael Pollan, to Wendell Berry in Kentucky, to Kirsten Usry Boyd of Detroit Vegan Soul. These are just a few of the people who are recognizing how communities have grown accustomed to depending on food systems that can be unhealthy. And these are people who also seek to teach a new way to relate and to rely on what is good about food. We depend on systems that provide food. It's it's a given. We depend on those who grow and harvest it, those who deliver and sell and prepare it. The question we face, though, like the questions that the Israelites face, is not a matter of whether or not we are dependent. It's a matter of what we depend on. We, like the Israelites, depend on God and depend on one another, and there are things that can distract us or take us away from that. Our dependence can be a, a, a point of strength and resilience and compassion when it is placed on God and in healthy relationship and community And throughout Scripture, God does an interesting thing with the people of God. God also chooses to depend on the people. Which means God chooses to, to depend on us. Yes, God will still be God. And we will always be human. But God formed us for a relationship, and it is a relationship of faith and trust. But it goes both ways, for God wants to have faith and trust in us in the same way God asks us to put our trust and faith in God. You see, this relationship is a gift when it is lived well, that keeps us rooted to God and connected to one another. And in these relationships, God works through the lives of people, of faithful people, to bring God's dream for the world into reality. God seeks to nourish people in their physical lives as well as their spiritual lives, but it requires something of us. And when we live with a faith that is attentive to food in our lives, we can understand and value and depend on food and systems that are healthy and equitable and just. And that relationship with food can also help us understand other relationships that we need to be healthy and strong in other places in our life and other places in our community. And it means that we have to do this together. We have to be able to depend on one another. No one can make these systems work on their own. No one person has full control A volunteer at our weekly Friday food distribution described to me what they were seeing every Friday and they could see firsthand how issues of hunger and food security are needs in our city. And they also began to describe the magnitude that they were recognizing, that it feels like spraying a squirt gun on a forest fire the reality is, is that they're right. But we also depend on the reality that there are so many others doing the same faithful work that this church does. That when we drive down to the TCF Center and load up a vehicle full of boxes of good whole food, that we are not alone. We are one vehicle among a parade of vehicles that is almost like a celebration of food, a pilgrimage that takes it from one place and distributes it out through our city to many different and diverse peoples. We depend on each other to make all of this possible, and we depend on God. I want to share just one more story. It's a quick one. My wife Emma and I were traveling in Toronto a few years ago for our anniversary, We couldn't get a seat at a table that we wanted to go to and they didn't take reservations and the tables were always full, even when we went at an odd hour of the day. The host told us that there was another option, that that we could go and sit at the chef's table. The catch was that we didn't know who, if anyone, we might dine with or what we might eat. All we know is a fixed price, and that we would have a seat. So to, put, to, so to sit at the chef's table is to put your entire meal and experience in the hands of the chef. So we did it. The table looked out over an open kitchen where the chef and and the cooks would bring food over to us every once in a while to try. I ate a meal that I would have never chosen for myself. Ever. (laughs) And in reality, it was one of the best meals I ever ate in my life. We depended on a chef to select our menu rather than depending on our own desires and past experience with food. And we ate food we never would have imagined that we would have eaten. To trust God in this kind of communion, this kind of shared trust and relationship, this shared dependence, well, it's, it means we also trust Our neighbor who sits next to us at God's table. It means that we might actually experience a gift of manna, something unexpected, something that we knew we needed, but we didn't know we needed. And it might mean putting it on our own menu after we know what it really means to trust God and to depend on our neighbor. A faith like this, when we depend on God and one another, means that we put our trust in God, who is working in the life of the church and the people to bring grace into the world through our friendship and, amazingly, through our food. So what is it? What does it mean to depend on one another. What is it, the Israelites asked, of that flaky substance? What is it we might ask just like the Israelites to depend on God and to depend on our neighbor? And we might just hear the words of Moses echoing through our ears and our hearts that it is the food, physical or spiritual, that it is the food that the Lord has given you to eat. May we know this food. May we trust this food. May we digest it, and may it give us energy to be faithful today and always. Thanks be to God. Amen.